This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Boom shakalaka. And welcome back to the most valuable sports podcast. My name is Brandon Worth and my colleague laughing to the left of me, <laughs> Joe Nagy. What's happening, brother? Not too bad. A little bit cold. You were in shorts this morning, Brandon. It's 34 degrees out. Hey. It's a little bit, a little gutsy, honestly. I don't know if it's that time yet. It's a little, it's comfortable for Michigan winter, I would say. It's 34 degrees. I'm wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt, and you come in with shorts on. This is ridiculous. But got a pretty good show today. Going to review a little bit of college football. Also, college basketball, which we haven't talked a little bit uh, in a while. And then we're probably going to close out with NBA. So to get it started, Brandon, college football, national championship, it's all over. Kind of surprising outcome, to be honest. We were not expecting it too much. Ohio State ends up losing um, to, excuse me, to Alabama, 52-24. to We thought it was going to be a lot closer, Brandon. Uh, what do you think about it? Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot closer. And um, Jalen Waddle actually did play in this game. That was something that I thought was not going to happen. I didn't think they were going to play him regardless just because of his injury. And he ended up playing, but he was not 100%. We can say that for sure. He looked like he was limping out there. Questionable why he played considering his future, but obviously it was going to be his call and he wanted to play. So in the end, they he got to play in a winning national championship game. It's Alabama beat Ohio State 52-24. to Great, great game for Alabama's offense. Just like pure dominance, like we've seen all year long. It was just mm-hmm. pretty much you. You can't it was, stop them. It was you can textbook. only hope to contain them. Yeah, Mac Jones, thirty-six for forty-five, four hundred sixty-four yards, five TDs, and no interceptions. Obviously, his main target was Devontae Smith. He had three touchdowns, two hundred and fifteen yards off of twelve receptions. That's just ridiculous. And I mean, Ohio State—they tried. I mean, that's the best you can say. Because Justin Fields, he played all right. He It was just kind of like regular season Justin Fields that we were seeing. Not the greatest player, but he was getting the job done. I mean, he only had one touchdown in the air. That's just not that's just not what you really want from your quarterback, especially against Alabama when you need to really have all your, all cylinders firing on your on just every offensive aspect of the game. Yeah, you you Al, or Ohio State needed some big plays, and that was something that we alluded to going into this game. Uh and they did they just didn't have enough and the fact, I mean, these guys are all great players, and it was unfortunate to see Trey Sermon go. Um, he went to the hospital after the first play. He ended up getting hit up high. It was something in the shoulder, his collarbone. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've completely diagnosed it yet, but he ended up leaving the game, went to the locker room, then was transferred to the hospital to get further testing done, and it was just a – that was something that Ohio State had probably not planned for the whole week because Trey Sermon was one of the guys that got them – a dominant performance against Clemson, and even in the, the the conference championship against Northwestern, when he rumbled for over 250 yards, which is pretty ridiculous. So it w- it was definitely a, a situation that Ohio State had to really adjust in, and it was just it was just really hard to do so on on the biggest stage in college football, basically that some of these guys will ever play in. And Alabama's been there how many times? They know exactly what the, it. They just look so comfortable, and they knew exactly what to do. Steve Sarkeesian left Alabama on a pretty good note, as he put together one of the best offensive schemes and performances you could see from a coordinator. I mean, they were, they just had so much working for him. I mean, it's so hard to go into a game if you're Ohio State, and obviously you're playing Alabama. And it's like, man, I'm going to have to go up against a team that's going to probably put up over 500, 600 yards of offense. And how are we going to stop them? That's a hard thing to do. And obviously they did a 
they did a pretty pretty good job against Clemson. I mean, they gave up a little bit in the air, but on the ground there was nothing for Clemson. So they just Ohio State's a good team, but Alabama was just by far the better team, and that's what we saw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like you brought up with Trey Sermon not having him and just basically having one of your main offensive offensive productions being out of the game, and then you just kind of got to rely on things that you haven't really been lying on too much throughout the whole year, and to go up against Alabama, who's one of the better defenses in the league, and to have basically the same kind of offensive energy on the other side, kind of matching you the whole game, you're kind of just in a hole from the start, and just just to lose Trey Sermon, that just adds on to the fact too. So, I mean, I... When first quarter was going down, I was like, oh, it's going to be a good game. But as soon as Alabama started to take off in the second quarter, I knew that they weren't going to be able to come back because once Alabama gets rolling, it's just roll tide the whole game. Yeah, and there was there was some times where, like, Ohio State seemed like they just put themselves in bad situations. I mean, like, Sean Wade, he, he struggled a little bit, and obviously matching up against Devontae Smith is no cakewalk, per se, at all. And it was... It was a tough situation because sometimes they seem like they were just in the wrong coverage. They were just miss. They there was just a lot of little. I want to say little mistakes as far as matchups go because there was there was a couple plays where you were just like, man, what exact what exactly are they trying to prevent? Like, because I mean, at one point, I mean, they ran a lot of that five across where you got the two linebackers and you get your three corners all five yards off the line of scrimmage. You're trying to play some sort of weird like. Like a, um, I wouldn't want to call it like a cover four for say or anything, because a lot of times they ran one safety, and that was the one thing that was interesting. Because I mean, I mean, Devontae Smith is just such a. There really wasn't that much help. It seemed like at times to try to to try to neutralize him, and that was the guy that you knew you had to neutralize in the passing game. I mean, the dude mm-hmm. had two hundred fifteen yards and three touchdowns, and he's a Heisman Trophy winner. And the fact he wore that mask on the sideline, just pure savage. <laughs> just rubbing it in, and the fact Wait, what is, what did it say? It well, it just had the Heisman Trophy on it because Devonte Smith only played the first like he played the first half, and then he only played like a, maybe one or two possessions. Then he hurt his finger, and Coach Saban held him out for the rest of the game, and they he was he didn't even play. Like he could have easily had three hundred fifty yards if he kept playing. It seemed like Cause oh yeah, no just, doubt. Like there was times where he was just like there were times that I remember seeing them in. They were they were in a zone. I don't know necessarily what if it was a cover two specifically, a cover four, whatever it may be, like a like a flat four or whatever. But there was times where they had um, a single safety, and the safety would be shifted over. He would follow like the like Ohio or Alabama had two receivers left. They'd be going toward or going out doing whatever, and the safety would file over there. And then you got Devonte Smith running basically a straight vertical and he's going to try to get picked up by a linebacker why on earth are you trying to cover Devonte smith with a linebacker that's not gonna work no no chance no like that and i i, I think you guys know what play i'm talking about if you watch this game and i mean it was just like what are they what are they doing like it, it was just it was just so weird like I don't understand why you have... There was times like that where they just had those kind of coverages that you were just like, okay, and then they score, and you're like, wait, why were they in that coverage? But in the reality, they could have been in that coverage, and that would have been working for them, but Steve Sarkeesian pulls his magic, and that's why he's been so successful with his team, and now we hope that he can bring that success to Texas because the fans have been waiting for it. They need it. By God, too long. So definitely a big win, though, for Alabama and this team, just Mm -hmm. asserting their dominance and... 
finishes out undefeated too. I thought that Alabama was kind of fall, not falling off, but like the dynasty was kind of over a little bit. Yeah, especially from last year and the year before. But you know, they just came back. I guess. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching that play right now, and I'm still confused why they matched up a linebacker against Devontae Smith. Anyway, I mean, congrats to Alabama. They deserved it. Crazy season. They proved their dominance. 13, 13 games, and they were phenomenal. So. No congrats doubt, no, congrats to them. Yeah, no doubt about it. But then we can now kind of switch over to our next topic, NCAA men's basketball. Like we said at the start of the show, we haven't really covered it too much over the past couple episodes, but Big Ten is kind of surging right now. Michigan basketball just seems elite right now. 77-54 to 54 win over Wisconsin last night. I was able to catch a little bit of it. There was that, like, what was it, 43-6 run that they had in the second half. The run, baby. It was Insane. Wonderful. Just Michigan right now, it's Michigan and Iowa. It's just the Big Ten right now, and that's who that's who's going to be battling out, I think, for the championship. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, this was one of the most fun games that I've watched Michigan play basketball in a long time. And the obviously the beginning of the game, like we say, it was like pure utter domination from opening tip to the final whistle. But really, like the first first, first half was pretty close. Yeah, the first fifteen minutes, it was pretty back and forth. Like yeah, it was shot for shot. Yeah, like, it, was, it was like. Fi- it was basically like Michigan would maybe score like five unanswered and then Wisconsin would come back with a three and then yeah. a, a stop. And then like it would just basically like it was just back and forth basketball for a little bit. But then for it just seemed like a just a flip just got or a switch just got flipped and Michigan just turned it on and just did not look back. Yeah, it was like 28 to 23 at one point, And then what we're referring to, it, then it ended up going to a point of 68 to 29. It was just the most ridiculous run. And I mean, they were doing it like. It was just the most like it was it was it was a situation where you're a coach and you're like all right this is like what the dream possession would look like I want full lockdown defense force a bad shot get the rebound fill the lane fast break kick out three Drano and that's what happened and that's many ex- times it happened so many times and I mean it was it was just a fantastic night to be a Michigan fan and all Michigan fans out there we're with you. That was a beautiful night of basketball, and it was it was certainly so fun to watch. I mean, Livers had 13 points. Wagner had 15 and 10 boards. Wagner's, like, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Wagner, and I think he's not, like, necessarily, because, like, you look at Livers. He's he's such a dynamic, dynamic player. Like, he's going to th- throw down jams, splash threes, step back, fade away, jump shots, and stuff like that. But, like, Wagner... Like, he gets it done on both ends, and I think that's something that a lot of people have taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, he had four steals in this game. He had a block as well. I mean, he did have four fouls, but that's just because he's, he's a physical guy, and it doesn't yeah. look like it, but he plays physical. And, I mean, the fact is he was 7 of 10 last night, and he made everything look good. But my favorite Michigan Wolverine, and, oh, my goodness, I don't have enough good things to say about this man, Mike Smith. He is a fantastic player. I absolutely love watching him. He had 16 points, six assists. Oh my goodness! I don't know if you saw that. That he had a screen at the top of the key, just pulled down, pump fake, and then just drain the three, ankle breaker. In the whole, it would have. I just like in that moment, I was just like, man, if we had fans in Chrysler, this place would, that would be have been buzzing, buzzing. Oh my goodness! But it was a it was a great night, and I mean. <laughs> Funniest part is Dickinson only scored 12 points. Like, he didn't even have to score for when we dominated. And that's that's a great day when your your greatest player, your best player on your team mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't have to yeah, score much. Yeah, doesn't have to go crazy with it. Exactly. Yeah, four guys over over 10 points, two of which 
over 15 or 15 or above, mm-hmm. that's just what you really want from a start from your starting five, especially. And you can definitely tell Juwan Howard is just really excited. One thing, though, Brandon, we were kind of talking about when we were walking into the studio is Chet Holmgren could possibly come to Michigan next year. It's He's true. Not, Michigan's in his top three right now. It's Gonzaga, Minnesota, and Michigan. So could that possibly mean to add on to our, what is it, two or three five stars we have right now, add another one and keep this train going? That's a that's a really interesting, because, I mean, we talked about this obviously off air, and um, it's really an interesting situation because, like, if you this that commitment is going to really impact i would say it's going to impact how hunter dickinson is going to decide how his career is going to go because i mean chet is a really i mean he's he's one of the most talented players you've ever you ever see as far as a big man is concerned and he's not necessarily like a big man he's not like big country austin davis he's like more like dickinson tall lean finesse like but still can shove some guys around and that's a really like the the idea of having them together is like you're like oh my goodness that would be insane but would it necessarily work that would be the question because we've seen some dynamic duos that really haven't worked out like Westbrook and Harden for example in the Mm -hmm. NBA where you got two great superstar players that do well with the ball in their hands but you only got one ball that's the question so that would be very interesting because, like, obviously, we don't want Dickinson to leave. We want, like, ideally, we'd want him to say, yeah, I want to go get my degree and stay four years and play amazing Michigan basketball for four years. But with the opportunities got at stake, it's going, we're, we're going to understand if he's going to be looking beyond, beyond the college level before his four years are up. That's understandable. So... That's going to be an interesting situation because I think he's he's class of 21, right? So he'll be... Chet Holgren? Or is he 22? Mm, I think he's graduating this year. Yeah. I'm so, pretty sure, at least. Yeah. I can look it up real I quick. Would, I would rather... It, it would be pretty... I mean, Gonzaga, for if he went to Gonzaga, that'd be a slam dunk because, I mean, he would... I think that Gonzaga always knows how to put people in the perfect mm-hmm. position especially big successful. men they work with big men they like, do work really with, well they do work well with big men minnesota would be more interesting because that that program's kind of shaky right now they're at the bottom of the big mm-hmm. 10 i think it's really i think it's mainly yet. his top three because that's his home state and like oh, he yeah. wants to go but, i mean if we had an opportunity to yeah. go to u of m we definitely put that yeah. in our top three that's given mm-hmm. so. but i think like I think his actual like top he's probably choosing more between Michigan and Gonzaga because I think those are two that are actually gonna develop in develop him most likely. It's just gonna be come down to who I think. But that's the thing, I don't know if he's gonna go to Michigan because Minnesota and Michigan kinda have a little bit of a rivalry being in the Big Ten together and kind of facing off against each other a good amount in regular yeah. season play for all sports. Do you wanna win? Yeah, but that's the thing. Do you wanna win? That's gonna be that's, that's gonna be his decision. So he can either go to Gonzaga, which is pure has been historically a very good basketball team over the past i mean they've kind of started picking up before they are like i think it was like three or four years ago or something like that they kind of started to fall off but then they started to bring it back so we'll see if he goes that if he does it's going to kind of suck because i wish he would come to michigan and kind of fulfill a little big three if um fulfill a big three if dickinson decides to stay but definitely going to be interesting to see yeah i mean 
Minnesota's done, they've done some good things. I mean, they beat Iowa actually earlier in the year, which was like kind of like, whoa, this is, whoa. Hold up a little whoa, bit. Whoa, red alert. Who is this team and why haven't we heard of them? And then they ended up beating Michigan State and then lost to Wisconsin, lost to us by 25, I may add. And then they got revenged hard against Iowa uh-huh. um, last game. So. I mean, they're three and four. They're ten and four overall. They're definitely not a team that we'd necessarily say are like garbage. Yeah, they're not but, necessarily favorites by any means, but it doesn't mean they're a terrible basketball. But yeah, team. I mean, it's like yeah. Well, I mean, you, you lost to twenty five to Michigan. We yeah. also just had a lead against yeah. Wisconsin that was forty points. So and Michigan just became the first team ever in ever. college basketball to be what was it three ranked opponents by at least nineteen points or pretty much by twenty points. Yeah. Even though one of the games was 19 against Northwestern, but basically, yeah, yeah, I basically mean, 20 points. That's nuts. But I mean, nuts. Yeah, it's just a great. It's just a great. It's a great day to it's be a, a great Michigan day to be a fan. Michigan Hail fan, to, to the victors! Honest. It is a great day. I'm I'm so happy. Like I woke up this morning and I was just like, man, it's a great day. Especially what happened last night. It just carried over. So I mean, it's been great. We've won 11 in a row. Um, knock on wood, Joe. That we will continue that streak against Minnesota on the 16th, which I believe is Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Yes. Yeah, Saturday yes. against Minnesota at 2 p.m. on ESPN2. We're going to take on Minnesota. I'm sure Chet's going to be watching this game. So, But um, some other news. Kansas fell last night to Oklahoma State and Cade wow. Cunningham, the debated number one pick in next year's draft, took over that game and beat the Jayhawks. It was an interesting game, and Kansas, I'll say, I've said wow. it before, Kansas has always been a good team, but there's times where they just drop games, mm. and we I know, mean, we understand that, and like we knew that like these things are going to happen, but it's just like, man, is it ever going to stop? Because like, they've done this like for the last five years. They've been a fantastic team. Last year, they debated the number one team, and then lose to an unranked opponent on the road or at home it's like uh why you can't like if you want to be a great team you can't do those things yeah definitely and i mean can i feel like kansas just has the number six rating because of just the name right now because honestly bit. they're playing a little bit they're playing more like a like a like a 10 to 20 team rather than a top 10 team right i would now put them around 10 in, yeah, because 10 and 3 right now that should maybe get you number 10 spot barely get you in the 10 spot and I mean Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham. I mean Kate Cunningham, eighteen points, seven rebounds in thirty-nine minutes. That's just taking over, obviously. So I don't know. Kansas has just been like that basically, it seems my whole life when I from what I can remember when I see them play, just in the tournament too, because they'll be up there in the tournament and then get to like the Elite A or the Sweet Sixteen, and then they'll fall off to a team that's ranked lower than them that's gotten there. And they just it just seems like they can't perform when it really matters or perform against teams that are way not as good as them because I mean as we see Oklahoma State not even ranked and they lose by five and there's times in the tournament where they lose to a team that's like at least like four or five spots farther down in the seating than them and they get knocked out and just people are saying like how could this happen when they're a team that shouldn't have lost that game but it just seems like this always happens to the Jayhawks yeah and I mean obviously if you, like we know that like this game was obviously on the road Playing at Allen Fieldhouse against the Jayhawks, one of the hardest things to do in college basketball, arguably the hardest, which you can debate all you want. I mean, I think there's some pretty crazy arenas, obviously with fans there, but now a little bit of a different story. But I mean, 
it's it's an interesting team. Like you, you always look at Kansas and you're like, yeah, they're gonna have a great team. Like they they do a fantastic job, and like you always you always know when you're going up to play Kansas, you're like, this is one of the best teams we're probably gonna play all year. I mean, because I mean, they're they're one of the best coach teams, they're one of the best player filled teams, they're one of the best high developed teams. There's just times where it's like, yep, they just dropped the ball. Like, they, I mean, they lost to Oklahoma State, um, but really, their only two losses, like this was this was their first boo boo. This was the yeah. first mix up that they really had, and that like they just simply dropped the game. Because I mean, their their first their first loss was in game one against the Gonzaga Bulldogs, which are the number one team in the nation right now. Yeah, right I now. Believe. Yep. And then they lost to a lost to Texas in a game they just didn't play well. So, it'll be interesting. I mean, Texas is ranked number four right now, though. Yeah, Texas is good. No, like I'm saying, like this is the first time like they've simply dropped the game because Texas is a really good Mm -hmm. team, and like what Andrew Jones is doing, especially after leukemia, is a special, really special thing to see. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's going to be a really interesting conference because I mean, you got Texas Tech, who's ten and three right now, starting to try to get it going against in the conference. Then you have Oklahoma State right behind them. And then you got Baylor, arguably the best team in college basketball with Gonzaga. And then you got Texas, who are they're just flat out playing fantastic with Shaka Smart at the helm. So it's going to be a very interesting because I mean they've already done like Dolan already has like his first first or last four in already, and it's like yeah, we're only six, ten, fifteen games in, man. Like. It's kind of early, but I mean, it's kind of fun looking at that stuff because I think there was like Oklahoma was one of the last teams in, and you're like, whoa, okay, they're seven and four, like, okay, okay, but yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a, a weird, like it's weird to see rankings already, especially not having a tournament next year. But we are planning on having a March Madness this year. It's going to be hosted in Indianapolis, basically a bubble city. I'm kind of excited. I think that'll be cool. Yeah, I mean, in, in Indianapolis is a really cool city. Yeah, like when I'm. Being there, it's really cool. It was cool to see because I think I was there like just in the city at one point when the last March Madness was there. And like the way they had it set up, of course, there's not, I don't think there's going to be any fans, I think, or there's going to be limited fans, I think mm-hmm. they said. Yeah. Um. So, Brandon, you want to go? <laughs> Try uh, to get tickets? <laughs> but yes. that oh. city's just really cool atmosphere, especially for sports too, kind of seeing where they're going to mm-hmm. be in. I mean, I mean. Just being there, it's really like I said, really cool city, really cool atmosphere. So we'll see what happens. And I think there's and like I said, some in person attendance is gonna be good too. I mean, last year got canceled, like basically when teams were on the way to the tournament. So it was really mm-hmm. tra- really crappy to see, but and we didn't even get to do our March Madness selection, so so we'll be able to do that this year. We must do that. We gotta do that regardless if it gets canceled or not. We gotta do it. Yeah, so. we gotta do it. But I mean I mean I, there's a lot of people that um I know that are from Indiana and they're like yeah, Indiana is overall like kind of a plain state, and then there's Indianapolis. That's just the outlier. It's just a like it's, yeah, it's, it's cornfields, and then it's Indianapolis. Yeah, which it's just a pretty much not. I wouldn't say a mega city, but it's and not necessarily a metropolis, but it's like it's a really really busy yeah. city, and there's a lot of great things that happen there. What what are I, those called? Mega cities that are like a metropolis? No, it's it's a mega city. It's kind of like oh, uh, it's basically separated from everything else and there's not a whole lot around it but it's like a mega, it's a huge city uh capital it's, i took a ge- <laughs> i took a geography <laughs> class last year and that's what it's called so okay 
But trust, yeah, trust me on that. Don't yeah. debate me. However, Indi- can- Indiana, cornfields all corn around, fields, and Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Indianapolis is the outlier, and yeah. it's a cool place. I know I've been Very there, much. and it's a really cool place. So th- I think that'll be a great venue. I mean, it kind of seems like basketball has always been an Indiana thing. Yeah, I mean, Hoosiers. Yeah, you you seen the movie. Take back to You've that. seen the movie. You've so. seen the Pistol Pete movie, obviously too. Yep, it's like yep. That's where that's where basketball seems like it's it's made and it's come from. I mean, obviously that's not necessarily where like it true. I don't actually know where it truly came from. Obviously, like let me look it up real quick. It was pretty much developed by Namath. So yeah, I'm just huh? I'm knocking, <laughs> knocking over everything. The studio, it's okay. knocking over everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like oh, okay. Being in Indianapolis is cool. I think it's a good idea. I mean, the bubble obviously is going to be the interesting concern, but we're gonna we're gonna try to move on here as we've rambled for too long. Um, Virginia Tech beating Duke seventy four to sixty seven. Duke on a little bit of a struggle bust right now. They're five and three, and they're still in the top twenty five. Go figure. So I mean, they're just really trying to figure out their identity at this point. They got basically a brand new starting five outside of Matthew Hurt, and they're really trying to figure it out. I mean, like. They they were twenty seven percent from three, seventy three percent from a line. Coach K, I like, he's he's done a f- fantastic job with the Duke program because I mean you got five and three right now with a brand new team. Usually that takes some teams two years to really try to perfect it. And I mean they've already won five. They've already won five out of their first eight games, which isn't necessarily great up to Duke standards, which is pretty pretty insane to think about because I think there'd be a lot. A lot of teams that'd be okay to be five and three right now, and it's just a really weird season because I mean you look at Kentucky and they have a losing record, like they are playing pretty awful right now, and it's just kind of crazy. You see all these, you see Kansas is doing well, and Duke's usually up there, and they're kind of in the middle of the pack, and Kentucky's usually up there, and they're pretty much at the bottom of the totem pole it seems like now in the SEC, which I don't think will stay forever. I think. John Calipari will get the crew around. They'll make a run towards the end of March. So, But it's still a really interesting – it's a really interesting dynamic how this COVID season has changed. But, all right, we got the stats. Hit them. For the Duke game? Or, no, I mean, what, for looking up uh, – Oh, oh yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I got mixed up for a second. It was made in Springfield – or it was Joe Naismith developed basketball in Springfield, Massachusetts at Springfield College. Okay, so it was Massachusetts. I knew yeah. it was kind of like in that – area like northeast in area i mean that's kind of like uh, the birthplace of college football is quote unquote at rutgers which is kind of a pretty funny Doubt. thing right there but <laughs> i mean it, it's still cool it's still cool to see all these teams succeeding but yeah virginia tech definitely a team that's been under the radar they're 10 and 2 they were ranked 20th coming into this game one ahead of the blue or one behind the blue devils excuse me but i mean they they played great last night i mean i think one thing that's really kind of like put themselves in a good position is shooting the basketball well. They were forty two percent last night. Um, at the line, definitely a, a a question mark for for them. And I know obviously every every free throw you would want to go in because theoretically it's the easiest shot in the world. Mm-hmm. But still, you're they're in a good spot. I mean they they've been doing really really well this year. And I think Virginia Tech's a team that a lot of people were like, oh, they're going to be okay, but. Um, Kiva Lima's been great, 15.6 points per game, seven rebounds. Jalen Cohn as well, who's been shooting very well. You got you got a good thing going. You really do, and I hope they keep it going right now. They're leading the ACC. Virginia Tech leading the ACC. That's something we don't see every day. What? <laughs> so they're doing some good things, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. But um, back to the Big Ten. 
as we always will talk about in the Big Ten. Um, Iowa is doing very well. Um, right now, looking at the standings, we're in a we're we're looking at a pretty good spot at the top. I like being at the top. We can stay up there for a little while. It's lonely um, at the top, but it's nice when you're having success. Really, exactly. Yeah, Michigan right now at the top of the Big Ten, six and zero in the conference, eleven zero yes. overall. And then it goes Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and then kind of just toss up for that. But it's <laughs> just like t- I said, good to be at the top for once. It is. I mean. It's going to be interesting. Like, I know we don't play Iowa this year. I don't believe the schedule is correct. Yes. I don't. Yeah, we don't play. Yeah, which is kind of, I want to play kinda them. Kind of sucks, to I want to play them just to see Iowa. how we'd compare to them. I want them to play Iowa. Yeah, Garza against Dickinson would probably be the biggest, like, ooh, what's, how's that going to turn mm-hmm. out? That'd be definitely the thing to watch because Garza's one of the the best, if not the best player in college basketball right now. Yeah. And he's been playing lights out. And it will be really fun to see, like, because Iowa's just a really big fundamental team. It's a fundamentally solid team that kind of really tell themselves upon being that kind of team. And to have Michigan kind of play against a really solid defensive or a really solid defense in Iowa, I would love to see because Michigan also has a pretty solid defense when we get it rolling. And to kind of see those two kind of go off against each other head-to-head will be really cool to see. But scheduling just didn't want to have that happen so it kind of sucks but what are you gonna do what are you gonna do you just go out and you beat everybody else yeah go out and beat everybody else (laughs) that's what you be undisputed undisputed champ yeah i mean there's definitely gonna be some some toss-ups i think in the big 10 i mean you got teams like wisconsin that have played really well and i that was the number one thing watching that game is i was just like man wisconsin's way better than this i don't know what they're like they just played so bad and they normally don't play that bad and it was just kind of a weird situation but our defense was flat out stellar i mean shondy brown and eli brooks those guys are doing really good things defensively mm-hmm. but then you, like illinois is a really interesting team because they started off the number three team i think in the, in the country at one point now they're they've lost four games so yeah, they're not they're kind of on a little losing spurt right now, yeah. which is which is weird because like when the, when I first saw them at the start of the year when we did like Whoa, kind of a, yeah. a recap or not a recap but just kind of the a preview Sumu, of the standings. Coburn, those guys. Were it was surprising to see where they were at in the in the at the top basically, and then now that they've kind of fallen off, I wouldn't say I expected it because I thought they were going to be able to kind of keep it up a little bit, but it's just, I mean, they just kind of dropped some games that have just been kind of surprising. I mean, they lost to Maryland which was unexpected. Lost to Rutgers, which was unexpected. Lost to Missouri. Missouri was a tough game because Missouri's also ranked. But, you know, just losing, having two losses to unranked teams, that's just something that, like, you really can't have. And I think Illinois, it's just weird because Illinois, like I said, when I first saw them, I wasn't expecting them to do super great. But seeing them was kind of a surprise. But, you know, they just kind of dropped some games that they shouldn't have. And I don't know if they'll be able to come back from it. I definitely think they'll probably stay ranked probably throughout the year, but they'll probably just be kind of like a so-so team that'll have the they'll hot. They'll float around. Yeah, they'll float the around. They'll have, a, they'll have games where they're hot. They'll have spurts where they're just kind of cold, and then, you know, stuff will be working for them, and then they'll probably they'll just be a streaky team probably to close out the rest of the year. Yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting to see how that shakes out because, like, you got you got so many good teams in the Big Ten that I feel like, and I mean, like obviously we can be we can be considered biased because we watch a lot of Big Ten, but big the Big Ten is usually one of those conferences where it's like it's always wide open at the beginning of the year because there's so many good teams and so many good programs. Yeah. I mean Minnesota and then right it now, kind of Minnesota and like is at the bottom half and they're still ranked twenty 
23 right now because they've started off in the conference kind of rough at three and four, but they also had to play Iowa and Wisconsin already. So, and us. So yeah, they're they're but still... they're ten and four overall, which is exactly. better than Illinois' overall record and Ohio State and Indiana. And exactly. Basically, five at least five of like the eight that are above them right now. Yeah, and then you got Northwestern that literally lives to play spoiler to everybody. I mean, they they've already taken out multiple of our ranked teams and. Purdue's always a really fundamental team. I mean, they don't have as much firepower as they used to, but they're still playing good basketball. Then you got Michigan State right now at two and four. Yeah, they that, haven't been playing super great. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've what, heard it's been like a lot of people are just like wondering what what is going on with the the lineups they're putting in. I think that was one thing that I noticed. It was like, whoa, like we've never seen like we've never we've never been on the show and been like, oh yeah, what in the like we've never said, oh man, Tom Izzo's putting out some terrible lineups. But that's what it seems like. I like we keep like I keep, at least I keep seeing and hearing all over like the the college basketball like network is like, man, what what exactly is Michigan State doing? Like they got so much talent right now, and it just seems like they're in the wrong spots because I mean they're an eight and four team, but they're two and four in the conference, and they they've lost bad games like. They they lost bad games. They lost to Purdue, only scored fifty four points. Michigan State team should never score fifty four points ever. No, they're too good of a they're too good of a program to do that. Gotta score more yeah. than that. Then you lose on the road to Northwestern, who again let's play spoiler. Then I mean, then you lose to Wisconsin and Minnesota, who are both ranked teams. But I mean, there's just been times like they've they've just not played well. And I mean, they looked pretty good at the beginning of the year. They were they played Duke. Um, they're going to play Virginia. That game got canceled due to COVID reasons. Who is one of or Virginia is, I believe, is 18th right now, if I'm not mistaken. They're they're pretty high up on there. They would have been a pretty good contest. Mm-hmm. So it's really going to be interesting because I think Michigan State will turn it around at some point. I know our buddy Adam is definitely hoping that will happen. And all Sparty, all, the, all out there are surely going to hope that happens. Mm-hmm. But a um, little bit of a fun um, transition segment here, Joe. I kind of went off script a little bit, but I looked up... No worries, the, no worries. The top bracket predictions from January 8th was the last time this was updated. This was from Jerry Palm, who does the bracket projections at CBS Sports. He has a hypothetical bracket that I think would be very interesting to see. So, number one seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor... Any disagreements? I mean, right now, no. <laughs> okay. I was just making sure. Um, Texas and Villanova round out number one. Number two, Michigan Wolverines, Iowa, Kansas, Tennessee. That one's interesting. I don't know if they'll stay at number two, but I think they'll definitely be in the higher spots because I think there's teams that, like Illinois, if they start playing like they did in the earlier, they can take that number two spot. Then you got Missouri, like you mentioned as well. Creighton, who's always seems like they're a really good fundamental team that could shoot very well, and they've always had pretty good seating. And then mm-hmm. Rutgers is number three. Eh, maybe they're good. Are they that good though? I don't know. If I would, if I was gonna see a game of Wisconsin and Rutgers, I'd put my money on Wisconsin. Yeah, I think they're a better team. Yeah, I agree with you. I would, I would say, but I mean. It it would be a really interesting scenario to see, like, could you hypothetically, like, have these teams play each other for seeding? Because, I mean, I think Wisconsin does play Rutgers at the, the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. But, I mean, it's going to be 
it's going to be interesting how it shakes out because like we obviously have these already um oh no they actually they play wisconsin next next game um, yeah. the 15th that's right so that one will be interesting i want to see that i want to see how wisconsin bounces back but then you got because like wisconsin right now is a four seed alongside clemson west virginia houston who are the i mean when you get from like four to seven it's always like okay they're they're pretty much kind of toss-ups here yeah, and there you could they could really win either one because yeah, you those, can make a run and shoot right up there yeah those easily. are so ba- they, yeah those are basically just kind of like the interchangeable ones where people could just agree either way they were put up yeah but i'm um, looking at some of the notable big 10 teams indiana's a 10 um illinois like we said is a three seed in this hypothetical bracket ohio state is a six we're a two um wisconsin is a four Rutgers is three michigan state's a seven that would be pretty huh. crazy if they finished as a seven i don't think anybody would. that'd be a sleeper seven and they'd play kansas in this bracket kansas usually doesn't that's what that's what I'm saying. Kansas usually loses to like those toss up games with nah, like the it's... with the sort of good like number sevens and the sort of good like middle of the pack teams when they mm-hmm. get in the bracket or when they get into the tournament time, and it always seems like they're not able to get pa- get past who they need to get past. Yeah, and then you I'm got really Minnesota thinking. at the five and Iowa at the two, and then you also got Purdue and Maryland who are in the first four out as of now in this in this hypothetical bracket. Will this finish up this way? No. But it'll, it's just fun to play around and see, and that's why I thought I'd bring it up. But moving on now into the final segment of the show, we're talking some NBA. We haven't talked a lot about the NBA, and it's kind of been it's been a kind of a weird start because obviously, like this the season, like the last season, literally ended seventy, eighty days ago. So it's kind of like a, oh oh no, it's, it's already kind of, already oh, back we're playing again. Let's oh go. okay, <laughs> but um, it is it it's looking pretty solid. The season's running pretty well. Uh, I think this is the first time we're running into true COVID problems because I believe the we had two games postponed this week already. A couple more already. The Seventy Sixers had to play with seven players at one point, and <laughs> you know, they were starting with a no name. So <laughs> they're still eight and four. So. I mean, you I mean it's be, working for them, working for them. But um, looking at the the standings right now, some of the notable teams and their hot starts: the Celtics, 76ers leading the way, and then the Bucks, Pacers are doing really well. They're seven and four. Um, the Magic and the Hornets right now at six and five. This those two teams could definitely be a toss up because you see you always see teams with a hot start and then they kind of struggle. Because the Orlando Magic were six and two to start the year. They were like, whoa, this is team legit, and they lose three in a row. So that's kind of like a situation, but um, yes, we're last. The Pistons are last. Happens. It happens, man. <laughs> we're two and eight in a rebuild, and I'll tell you what. I saw this tweet, and I will. I'm definitely believe it and stick to it. We will be the most exciting, like last seed team to watch in a long time because these this team looks like they're really having fun. Because I wouldn't say losing's fun. That's not what I'm saying. Fun to watch, yes, because they're so, a lot of guys are developing already. Sadiq Bay is playing very, very well. He, I think um, one thing that a lot of people thought coming in was why we drafted him so high. It's because he's so he was so NBA ready at Villanova. It seemed like he was just ready to develop a role where he can shoot, be dynamic, like of a stretch four kick out. He was just a really polished player. I think is a good word to use for it, and. I mean, Killian, we're gonna ha- we have time. Rome wasn't built in one day. Brought it back. Brought I see it your face. It's been a little bit. It's been a bit. But and then Isaiah Stewart is 
ready to have his statue put in LCA because everybody loves with the grit he plays with and the passion he plays with. So it's definitely a fun team. Jeremy Grant is making a bid for most improved player of the year already. I mean, we're two and eight, but it's okay because are we going to finish two and eight? I I don't or finish two and eight. Finish in the fifteenth seed. We could move up to thirteen fourteen. Because, I mean, in theoretically with the lottery, it doesn't matter as long as you finish towards the bottom because you'll still have a chance to get the number one seed. That's true. That's true. Abolish the lottery. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, lottery's just weird. But What do you do? Like, I, like, you could be the worst team and still get, like, the fifth pick because of the lottery. I mean, we saw when New Orleans got the first pick. They didn't deserve the first pick, but they got it. And then no. they got Zion. No. It, it makes no... That's the thing. It makes no sense because, it, like, uh, no other no other um, major sport does the lottery anymore. I mean... I mean, NHL still does. I mean... But... Yeah, but... I was kind of... I forgot about that, but also... Red Wings always get snubbed out of that, so I probably well, should Well, Detroit teams that. get snubbed in I every mean, that single is, that is one, lottery That is one ever. thing about it. Yeah, they, we do get it snubbed a lot. And I don't... Yeah. I just don't understand why they keep it. I mean, Adam Silver's done a really they're, good job for everything else. They're I mean, still hostile like we, over the Darko situation, so yeah. they don't want us to have if a they, high pick anymore. If they get rid of, if they get rid of the lottery, I feel like that's what everyone's going to be happy about, and people are going to really like Adam Silver at that point. But I mean, yeah, I, who it's, knows? I mean, it's kind of it's just like man, like when you look at these teams, like the Washington Wizards and the Chicago Bulls. And the like, those two teams, like the Washington Wizards, could have Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, and get a lottery because they haven't started well, and the lottery is already going to make that the way it is. It's yeah. Like, what? Okay, but I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just not. I don't, I don't like it. Like, I don't like it either. I hate when bad teams just are going to get pounded in the mud because they don't have anything like to look forward to after a losing season because it's like oh yeah we lost literally every game and we're probably gonna get a fifth pick and whatever and and i know like the lottery is like anti-tanking i understand that because obviously at some point teams are gonna be like should we lose games to get a higher draft pick i mean we really like this guy which the lottery is kind of anti-tanking because it throws everything up in the air to the point where it's like yeah there's no point of trying to trying to match the cards so why even try so it's it's a really hard thing to try to you don't want you don't want teams to tank because you want to keep it as competitive as possible but it just hurts when you have a team that just gets pounded all year and then just gets pounded again on the lottery and then it happens over and over I mean Detroit seems like we have the worst luck when it comes to lotteries and I mean literally look at the Red Wings last year we played like we were just so down and out and then we just get punched in the mouth and get a fourth pick yeah. And who got number one? I forgot who it was. Uh, New Jersey, I think. And they were like, what, the f- sixth worst team or something like that? Yeah, and they get Jack Hughes or whatever his name is. We did get more. I mean, if we want to talk about this, then that's fine. Because I like talking about you. But <laughs> we're I mean, we did get more. We did get Morris Wagner and more. Wait, what's his? Morris Sider, excuse me. Not yes. Morris Wagner, because that's the basketball player that played yes. for Michigan. Morris Sider, excuse me. And I, I mean, he's good. I saw him play in Grand Rapids like a couple times, like two. Like the year he was drafted or whatever, mm-hmm. and like he's good. He's a yeah. really solid defenseman. And I think that I mean, we're kind of getting a little bit off the rails from basketball, but as I say, very good, very happy with that draft pick because he's a solid, skillful defenseman. Yeah, and Iserman's gonna do a great job with that. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad that he's he's now kind of leading that leading that program. So the captain's back. Captain's back. 
he's 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 wanted to be back for a long time. Everyone's but, wanted to be back for a long time. Yeah, but um, some other teams. Brooklyn six and six right now. Kyrie Irving. What's going on? What is going on? He's not played due to personal reasons. There was a video that came out that he was at a party, a family gathering, quote unquote, family gathering. I should say without a mask. Is he getting punished for that? Does he have COVID? Who knows? Is he thing, not in love with basketball anymore? What's going on? One thing about Kyrie that just gets me like question or the one thing I question about Kyrie a lot is just like what what is like what's his deal, to be honest? Because like he's ever I mean, he believes that the earth is flat, which <laughs> I don't understand. I ever since he said that, I was just like, Yep, Kyrie's going off the rails a little bit. <laughs> I just feel like he thinks because he's a good basketball player. He's arguably the best ball handler in all of basketball right now. And he's a efficient in and can really produce points in a game and really produce a good stat line. But I feel like he thinks he's better than he actually is. And he feel like he like should get like recognition for that. But the thing is, like, he's just not a good... Because if you look at when he was with the Celtics, he just wasn't a good locker room presence from what, like sources and what from what sources could tell and stuff like that and like now i feel like when he's not now that he's with brooklyn i just feel like he's it's the same amount of same thing that was in boston was that he's just not a good locker room presence and i mean with kd there's like people talking that this is going to be a new duo but like if you look back in cleveland when Kyrie was with lebron Kyrie thought he was like wasn't carried to the finals like he thought he was the best person on that team mm-hmm. and it's like there's no chance because you have lebron on that team and he's way better than you and he just got a way better skill set. Like, because, like, Kyrie's a good ball handler, like I said, but, like, he's not better than LeBron. I feel like that's the one thing that is a little bit weird because I feel like Kyrie thinks that he deserves more, but he doesn't actually because he thinks he's better than he actually is. And then, like, when he doesn't get it, he just kind of goes off the rails, and then that kind of leaves the team that he's on to kind of suffer from that. Yeah, and, like, this, like, him not getting recognition for being the guy. Like, he had, he, like... He's never seemed like he's had that opportunity. Boston, is, or I should say, prior to LeBron coming back home, that was probably his one time. And I mean, they weren't great. They weren't. I mean, they didn't do what really too much. I mean, I think they made the playoffs like what once or so, maybe. And they probably squeaked in. And then like they probably with, like, they the- did not really have a whole lot of success. If granted, it was his like rookie year, like his second year. But I mean, LeBron, his rookie year, did the same thing. And then led them to, like, Eastern Conference Finals and stuff like that. But, like, Kyrie, you can't, like, basically put yourself in that same category if you can't really match up with the results that LeBron got. If you say that you are you were the best player on that team and you were better than LeBron, but when you were by yourself and had that team, then you couldn't really do much. And then when you did have him, LeBron was still the main talking point of that team. Yeah, you, you were with LeBron on a successful team. You're with Jason Tatum, who's arguably the best upcoming superstar in the NBA. Yeah, best was, player from that draft by any means. Probably. Most likely. I mean, re- future of the NBA, you got Luka and Trey, so that one's kind of a toss-up. But, I mean, he, and now he's with Katie in Brooklyn. So it's like he's never been a focal point, and that's the only time he was a focal point was in his early years with Cleveland. And he really wasn't the guy. He was yeah. still developing. Like, it, it was just all... He's never had that spotlight, and you wonder if that's what he really, really wants. Is like say, "Hey, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Detroit when they get rid of Blake Griffin, and we're gonna, we're gonna take over the world." But hypothet, it's it's just hard to believe that like 
what what's going on? Because I mean, he's the sixth highest scorer in the NBA right now, twenty seven point one points per game, and I mean, he's he has the second best score in the league on his team though, in Kevin Durant. So it's kind of a, a weird. Yeah. Like you, I feel like I that's, don't know. I feel like he feels like he's just been put on the back burner for like this whole basically his whole career of being a basketball player, and I mean you can't really. Excuse me. Just breaking just, more stuff. My it's bad. Fine. Breaking more stuff in the studio, but um, I don't know. It just seems like he, from what I can tell, it just I feel like he just fed up with being kind of like not being a focal point and always being a member, like always having to be part of a duo to get things done. Yeah, it's and I mean you think about where could he go, kind of like a yeah. Where th- could where could he go that would be a good fit for him to be a focal point? That would be because I don't know if it would be Detroit because we're rebuilding and no, we have those. I, I and it don't would definitely want, wouldn't be Detroit. And I, mean, I honestly, I don't really want Kyrie there because I feel like he just kind of disrupt the process that we're having right now. Yeah, I mean, he would be kind of. Eh, I mean, that point you're saying, yeah, Killian's bust. We're dumping him. That that would that's basically what that move would mean. But I mean, if there's an opportunity to get him, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, let's. We don't want Kyrie Irving, who's one of the best point guards. It's just yeah. you got to look at. Like what, what's going on around the team? What's the best stuff. fit right now? I of. mean, if you are like, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, do you want to wreck what your your up court or up court <laughs> upcoming backcourt is with Garland and Sexton? Do you want to disrupt that? There's a, there's a lot of places that he could go. I would say I I mean the New York Knicks. If he wanted to go like whatever it is. 30 minutes north of where he is now and go to New York. I mean, they got a pretty up, pretty good upcoming crew as far as you got. Julius Randle has been one of the best underrated. Underrated? Oh, hmm. I wouldn't Perfectly say... Perfectly rated. He's Yeah. He was unexpected. That was where yeah. I should say. Unexpected great player that they have. Obi Toppin, he's still coming back from being on the bend for his knee. That'll take some time. But you, Mitchell Robinson, you got a good crew there in the front court. You have a great crew. In the back courts where it gets kind of, I mean, you got Austin Rivers, you signed to a vet deal, and then you also have Alfred Payton. But then if you bring him there, he's going to be a focal point. I mean, Randall's not necessarily a big-name guy. So that would be that'd be an interesting place to see him go. I would say Orlando, but that Orlando, it just seems like you kind of got to just leave it alone because it's kind of it's just kind of working. So it's like they've yeah. made the playoffs. Weirdly, I think weirdly, the last it's wor- three years. weirdly it's working. Yeah, it's weirdly working, and you don't really want to mess up, mess that up. So, kind of a weird. But I mean, there's some there's some other West teams. Would they make? Here's a one. Would they make a deal somehow with? No, that wouldn't be a good idea. Never mind. I was gonna say Houston and do some sort of mega deal, but then that would ne- that would necessarily put them kind of in the hole of their Jan- John Wall move. So. That that wouldn't work. Uh, that wouldn't work. I uh, you don't you you don't want to put him in Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halbert, and they know the backcourt they want for the future. San Antonio, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of up to where he would want to go because it's you can definitely tell he wants to be have a chance to prove that he can produce on his own. And then when, cause, but he hasn't had that. So like, if he has that chance, where or where would that chance really spur from? Because there's not really a whole lot of franchises or teams right now that want to go that way or are looking to go that way because they're building right now to have a solid fun or solid 
team play rather than just kind of focus on one person. Because, I mean, like, I don't really know any team right now that would want or that could use just a one person that could really get the job done or that could really want to have that because they've been kind of working to have, excuse me, they've been working to have kind of a, 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 a team kind of build rather than just one person. Yeah. I mean, if any team is going to say, oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving wants to come here, are they going to say no? But probably not, obviously. But, but it's, like, it's like, I feel like there's no teams that fit what Kyrie wants to really do or wants to look for in if, his career. Without them taking away their plan for their rebuild or whatever. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, if necessarily we shipped out Blake and D Rose in Detroit and then our backcourt's not turning up really well. Delon Wright gets hurt. He might like not play the rest of the year. Killian Hayes is kind of a struggle. Do you bring him in at that point? Maybe. But it's just a hard mm-hmm. I don't I don't see any it's just a like he's in a good spot. So there's gotta be like you're with K D. You wanted to be with K D because obviously we're not oblivious to the fact that those two definitely made the move happen to Brooklyn together because there's no coincidence they just happened to both pick Brooklyn without discussing it with each other. There's no way that happened. They paired up for a reason. So it's just a weird situation. And, I mean, mm-hmm. like, the front office is now they're, – they're getting uncomfortable. Steve Nash is getting uncomfortable. Like, hey, we need our best player to come to practice. Like, what's going on here? We need our – we got this dude. Why aren't we – why isn't he playing? So – it's a weird situation, but um, looking at the West Conference, the Lakers nine and three right now, as expected, leading the way. Um, the Utah Jazz, the Clippers, Suns, all doing great, seven and four. Um, San Antonio right now is in the playoffs, so yeah, it's eleven games, but it's for fun. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, six and five, and you're not, you don't have Derek White, so there's some, there can be some added wins when he mm-hmm. comes back. They're road warriors. That's the reason they're doing so well. They're five and two on the road. That's yeah. just that's just something you don't necessarily see a lot in basketball. It's teams doing well on the road because it's hard to do just a new environment. But the the Grizzlies would be doing pretty well if Morant gotten hurt, hadn't gotten hurt, and the the curse of um whatever their arena is called when like they're one and five at home. Say like, how are you one and five at home? That's a weird. Like I know, like being in high school, like playing on your home floor was like you. I, you felt like you instantly had an advantage. Cause you're yeah. Like, oh yeah, I know. I know how to play in this place. I've played here so many hours. All this stuff, but it's like, wait, that's kind of interesting that they're one and five. I mean, Oklahoma City's zero and four, and they're five and one too, and they're just on the outside looking in. But I think the most notable team here is Houston, three and six, with John Wall and James Harden, or maybe just Jan- John Wall. Or maybe just James Harden. I don't know what's going on in that organization, but James doesn't like it. And James wants out. <laughs> Deal breaker again, that he wants out. Apparently is what he's saying. I mean, I if he just didn't go to clubs every night and go do that stuff, then maybe he'd be able to actually I, get a good relationship with a team rather than just going it, out every night. What exactly does he like need? Like he, he's, he's throwing his team under the bus saying they're not good enough. I mean, yeah, he's being frank, but it's like you're just like there's there was like no there's like no moral consideration there. It's like and what team wants a guy like that now? It I, doesn't matter how good you are, but like because like you can have a GM who just like oh James Harden's really good, but I don't want a guy who's just gonna bash the guys I have around him already because it makes no like 
Excuse me. But like, why would you want that in your team? It doesn't matter how good you are. If you're a cancer in the locker room or if you're a cancer that like is for the team, you're not going to get picked up by anybody. Yeah. If I you keep on acting like that. I mean, he says the Rockets, like he was quoted, the Rockets are like this team. I've done everything I can. I love the city of Houston. I don't like he, I don't it's so weird. Here here's what here's what the the quote said. It's like I'm sorry, that's the wrong quote. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, well, uh, John Wall responded to this quote by saying it's only been 9 games. Why are you jumping off the cliff? Which is which makes like he he that was in response to the statement this. I love the city. I literally have done everything I can. I mean, this situation is crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. And then John Wall clapped clap back, clap back according to ESPN. That, that was a weird phrase, but he came back and said, it's only been nine games while you jump and ship already, bro. Like, that's just a scenario where it's like, what? Like, you are... There's got to be something going on, like, front office or, like, behind the scenes what that is us it? fans or, like, insiders don't know about because, like, I mean, he has Boogie and he has John Wall now. And he so has he Christian has, Wood, too. Yeah, and so he has guys around him that can get that can actually help him this time rather than just having Russell, who's just, like, yeah, and a two, sh- two one-man show one shows don't, get, don't make a really good duo. So, like, now he actually has team players who can actually help him out and not take the spotlight away from him. So what actually is going on and what actually is the problem to the point where it led him to say that because there's I don't, something going on. There ha- there has to be because if he is actually complaining about the situation that he is, which is basically one of the best that one of the best situations that anybody can be in right now where you're still the focal point with two all-star players that are on the team that are willingly basically taking a backseat role to let you still have the spotlight. What are you saying? Especially since you're only a handful of games into the season. It's such What's a... What's going on? It's just a weird situation. I don't know what that... What needs to transpire in that Houston... Like, because I mean, obviously, like, their their front office has changed a little bit. Daryl Morey is now in Philadelphia, not in Houston anymore. And they have a new coach in Steven Silas. They have a new team. Like, everything's new. I guess James doesn't like new or something. Must not. But I... What what else are you gonna do? Like I know some Pistons talk going on on like discussion boards and stuff. They're like, oh yeah, we wouldn't mind having James Harden here, but like, why would you? Like I don't I don't know exactly why you have like ev- the front office is doing things for you, and you're acting like they're doing stuff behind their back your back. Like, that's what he's, like, almost saying, like, this situation can't be fixed. It's crazy. Like, what exactly does that mean? Like, are you saying, like, the coaching's not good enough? Like, man, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. The players don't seem to care. Like, what what exactly are you saying this is crazy? That's what I want to know. Because if it's just that the situation's too different for him, then... Are, like, then you would say, oh, well, then you're just going to trade him. But then is he not going to like where he goes? I don't know. Like we've never literally, we've never literally had a discussion about James Harden's like moral character at some point of a season. Like obviously, yeah, he's not like a, he's not like the best locker room guy. Like he wants to win. Like MJ wasn't the best locker room guy because he wanted to win. Like it's a similar kind of similar narrative. Yeah. But we've never sat down and said, 
man, James Harden's really screwing over the organization in Houston. We've never said that because he was grateful to go there. And like after OKC and going to Houston, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the guy. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to be a part of this team. Being one of the best offensive scorers in regular season history with the team. And like you're still doing some pretty good things. To me, it just seems like one of those Rodman kind of things where you're 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 playing really well and then there's something that's going on behind the scenes that you don't like there's people talking to you that you don't like there's something going on in the organization that you don't like and now you're just it's all it's all spoiling over it's all boiling over at this point so I don't exactly know what James needs to do I really don't I'm really trying to figure that out because we want the best for him because he's a fantastic player yeah that I feel like no one really knows what's going on and it's yeah I don't know. It's for the Rockets, uh, Rockets front office to figure out, and us to just kind of step back and watch and see what happens. Yeah, we're just gonna have to see what happens. But that's gonna be the end of the show today. Thank you guys for listening. And some breaking news here at the end. If you're still here, you're a true friend, and we love you. <laughs> we now have. Wait for it. Drum roll. We have an Instagram. So go follow yes, us sir. on Instagram at the MVSP just to see. We're gonna put some more. Um, we're gonna put some more content out on Instagram. Let you guys know, just so another platform, so you guys know where the episodes are and when episodes are coming out and all the big news. So, uh, we love Twitter, but we want more. We want we want to have we want to give you guys more opportunities to see our show. So go follow us on Instagram at the MVSP and on Twitter at the MVSP. So looking forward to seeing you guys. Follow us, Joe. Good show. Good show. Take care, everybody.